Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, I'm chatting with Cam James, lead singer of Florida band Gentleman's Crow, hot on the heels of the release of their debut full-length album, Apparitions. We discussed the album, including how the band does such a good job of combining a diverse range of styles and influences into one cohesive and exciting and fun record. Uh, Standout songs for me are definitely the album opener, Let You Get Away, which just hits you in the face right off the bat and taxi to your toxic lover. Um, the album's awesome. The band definitely has an Arctic Monkeys vibe, but they also throw in elements of classic rock and funk. And honestly, it's just a lot of fun to listen to. So Cam and I definitely chat about the history of the band and the new album, how it all came together. But of course, we also chat parenting. Cam's a rad dad to a nine month old. And we discussed that recent big transition in his life. Cam told me how he has had to adapt to balance his home and creative lives, especially as his band's making a big push with their new record. We also touch on introducing music to our young kids and navigating situations where people try to give you parenting advice that you may not agree with. This is honestly a super fun, relaxed chat, and I know you'll enjoy it as much as I did. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Here's Cam James from Gentleman's Crow on the Rad Dad Show. I want to sort of give you an opportunity to tell people who are listening or watching um because we do yeah. you know post these on our youtube channel as well um just a little bit of a history of who are you sure yeah well uh, i'm cam um you know i'm the uh, vocalist and uh, rhythm guitar player for my band gentleman's crow which is kind of uh what my passion and slash business you know that's what i want it to be um i've lived in florida for four years I came here for college and I just kind of stayed and I right around the time I got here is when I started really like driving at music as something to turn into a career. And uh, so I met band members here that have stayed consistent and I've never, I never left Florida, got stuck down here in old Florida. Yeah. Um, which is great though right now, because with everything that's going on, Florida's pretty relaxed. Um, so I haven't felt, I feel like I haven't felt too much. I mean, some people hate it, some people love it, but I haven't felt too much effect of the pandemic down here. It feels like at least. Yeah, and where it kind of seems like, you know, fingers crossed, we're kind of maybe moving away from from the worst of it. So. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because I know, like, my brother, he lived um, in New York for a yeah. long period of time up until the start of the pandemic. I know that was crazy, and you know, my parents live in. Baltimore, it's still really strict. And I'm sure you're in where you're based yeah, in so, Canada. Right? Yeah, we're in Canada. So things are starting to kind of open up here. It's just, you know, it's whenever uh, restrictions are removed or whatever, it's always kind of controversial, right? And yeah, in the media and stuff. So um, yeah, we're just kind of starting to open things up a little bit more here, like removing some of the masking mandates for kids. Um, you know, uh, what else are we doing? I guess like we had like a vaccine passport, like it's called the restrictions exemption program up here Yeah, and they just, um, canceled that. So we had that for a number of months and, and they've just, oh, that's good. That. so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that makes things a little bit easier for like, yeah, for people like yourself, like artists to get out and play shows and there's no capacity yeah. limits anymore. And no, like for like so. a short period of time, we had uh, a capacity limit here and it, it quickly faded away. Uh, I think it was just for like a few months um, at the end of 2020 was like venues were at like 50% capacity. Um, and, that's and kind of when we, did you guys like, so, I mean, you guys just put out a new album. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's, we've talked to, you know, over the last couple of years, there's, you know, when bands put out albums sort of during the pandemic, a lot of them will sort of talk about having a bit more time to focus on that. And was that sort yeah. of a situation for you guys? Like you were able to just like really, I guess, get into that sort of project and get that. Going? Yeah. Um, it was kind of funny the way this one kind of wrapped together because like, I want to say, I, I want to say like a quarter of the songs on the album, like at least three of them were probably like, you know, two year old, like relics that we had had um, either stuff that we just kind of jammed in rehearsals or songs that we started to work on, but then stopped right when, right when the pandemic first started. Cause yeah, I did say Florida was relaxed, but um, for like the first three months of it, I mean, everything was shut down. Yeah, like it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the same as everywhere else. Um, so during that period of time, um, I think we did, we had, you know, we had some songs that left off from there and the rest of them just kind of did develop over um, the, the whole entire pandemic. I would say um, some of them, like I spent a lot of time, I didn't have a kid during the pandemic yet. Um, so no baby, um, just living in Florida with my girlfriend and some roommates. And obviously we weren't working. Um, I was in college, but college had closed. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot to do. So I spent a lot of time just making demos on my computer. I'm talking like, you know, six, seven hours a day to the point where everyone else in the house was starting to think there was something wrong with me. So <laughs> I was just so bored, but I never had had so much time to like sit and create. Right. Um, I'd never had had that much time, um, but just between, I was always working um, like a serving job and then going to school and even pre-kid, you know, it's, I was still busy. Um, and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, so you had this we... like d dedicated time to, yeah. Cause it's like yeah. anything else. Like I, I, I kind of find that a little bit too. So like I play a little bit too, but even with like, you know, working on the podcast and stuff, um, there's like a groove you have to get into, right? Yeah. Like if you're kind of trying to do everything off the side of your desk, like you know, after the kids go to bed or, you know, whatever, like after you get your other stuff done, you, you kind of you can't just like jump in for like an hour here or there like you kind of need that extended you amount of time a couple to hours to really yeah. like not um it, it's tough just now more than ever um at that time it, you know we didn't have a baby yet and uh so i had a lot of time which was good because i did get a lot done um through that but now like what you're saying like especially the past like five six months the band stuff always is coming last um you know, it's like after work, then, you know, hang out with family all night, take care of the baby, give girlfriend a break. Um, and then by the time that's over, it's like 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then it's like, if I sometimes have a burst of energy, I will jump on my computer for a few hours and, you know, stay up till like 12 or one and just risk being exhausted at eight o'clock the next morning when I go to work. Yeah. But you just got to, that's, that's kind of, I used to get annoyed about it a little bit like just at times not annoyed with the baby but just annoyed with myself and like my energy and motivation because i yeah. was like i don't know why you know i can't do all this stuff you know and accomplish all of it and i started to be like it's because you have so much else going on it gotta be a little nicer to yourself i think when you become a parent because i think you can be really hard on yourself when you're a parent about getting all the things you want to do done um at least i was finding myself being really tough on myself about things and i was like I think sometimes you got to sit back and be like, I do have a living creature that I take care of. Oh, you yeah. know, and I have a financial responsibility and all these things that need to get accomplished before I can work on my silly little music thing. 
that's a really tough adjustment for parents. Like whether it's, you know, when yeah. you do music or what, whatever it is that you like yeah, to no do. Yeah, no matter what. Like everyone has an extra passion that they want to make into their career. And I'm sure like for you, it's like, the, it's gotta be like, it's like the podcast or, you know, everyone has something that they're really passionate about that they could spend, you know, 40 hours a week working on. Yeah. Right. And, but we don't, we aren't afforded that amount of time to work on it until we hit a certain level with it that we can sustain. Um, and for, and for music and I'm sure for podcasts too, it's hard to get to the level where you can sustain money from just your streams and your views or people buying merchandise or whatever it might be. Um, you know, it does happen, but it takes, I feel like it takes years to really yeah. grow. And I mean, even in addition to like whatever your creative passion is, even those like other little things that sort of, you know, make you, you, right. Yeah. Like whether it's like, you know, you and your girlfriend maybe like to like, you know, watch TV together. Like that's what you would do in the evening, like watch shows or, or you, you know, I don't know, you like to golf or you like to, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, Something all else, those things but... are kind of challenged when you become yeah. a parent, right? And so that adjustment yeah. can be tough. Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of coming you, to I, terms with that. Oh, yeah, that was definitely like the, well, really the first few months I found easy. I don't know, because she, she slept so much, um, yeah. you know, like really it's like it doesn't, they say it gets easier the older they get, but it's like, I think it's like a, a mix of both. Like some things get easier because they, you know, she's starting to become a little more self-sufficient. She'll sit and play by herself for longer periods of time. But, you know, also they are moving more and they need more stuff. And, you know, there's more things to do the older they get. So it's like, yeah, some things get a little easier. Some things get more challenging. It's, it's kind of like a game of, it's like a, it's like a game of chess trying to uh, pick and choose, <laughs> like when you can get your stuff done. Yeah, um, keep up recently, with them, right? Yeah, you got to keep up with them. Um, what I found that works really well for, at least for us, and this might not work for everybody, but we, um, as a band, we rent a fairly large rehearsal um, room that's just ours. We lease it um, from a studio here. So we have our own lock and key and we can go there 24 seven. It's kind of like renting an apartment, but you're just renting a rehearsal room. Yep. And when um, we use it as a band twice a week, we have two, um, I'm able to, to do two, two to three hour practices a week, which is probably more than I thought I'd be able to yeah. swing um that's impressive really yeah i think it is a lot um and it, it works out because then that's like my two nights and then girlfriend gets the other nights of the week when i'm not working to do what she wants um because it's just kind of fair to work it out like that i think time wise but what i've started doing is at the end of the day um even sometimes like 10 or 11 o'clock baby will be asleep you know me and chloe will have hung out for a while she'll go to bed and i'll still be up and i'll go back to the rehearsal room late and I'll sometimes stay there till one or two and once again, risk being tired of work, but to be able to work on songs and to be able to run our merchandise orders and stuff. Yeah. Cause as things have picked up and we've started to do more Instagram advertising and gain new people, we've had more of an influx of stuff to take care of. That's like business related yeah, um, and not necessarily just music, which is great because we actually start to make a little bit of money. You know, it's not a lot, but we start to get a few orders a week on stuff and, even that, like I, I was thinking, I was like, I couldn't imagine if we were selling like a hundred shirts a week, I would never be able to process all those orders. Right. Like I would need, like, I would need extra people. Um, yeah. You're like in this, like, um, in between phase where you're kind of trying to manage it yourself, but there's maybe a, you know, a point where, and you're trying to figure that out. Where's that point where maybe we need more people or, 
you know, a yeah. bigger team or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of work because the business We've, of being in a band is a lot of, there's a lot to do. Yeah. For the first two years and even still now, I mean, we, we still are, we are still a very small thing. Um, you know, we did release an album and we, I think we've gotten some good publicity with it and gotten some good, you know, good things are coming from it, but we still have like years of work to go before we would have like a real, I think like functioning, like full-time thing, which is what we want, but it just takes the time to do it. But especially with a baby, it's like going back to that rehearsal room at night, one or once or twice a week has been huge for also just creating new music. Cause that's the biggest thing I really find myself not being able to do now is being able to play and write and um, come up with new stuff, especially at home. It's, you know, if she's awake, then I can't do it because it's just, you know, there's too much going on. And then if she's asleep, it's like, you don't want to wake her up. Right. So um, that it's been, it's been good and it's, it's worked really well for just a musician's family, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out what works for you, right? Like everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's situation's a bit different. Yeah. I kind of like that idea of, and my wife and I sort of do the same thing. We trade off a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be like, Hey, I I need to get this done today or tonight or whatever. And then like, if you need to do something tomorrow night, you know, I got this. Um, You just, yeah, you just kind of have to figure it out. Not everybody has, you know, somebody to lean on to do that too. So it can be tough. Like, you know, know lots of people who they don't have grandparents around who can help out. They might be, maybe they're a single dad or single parent. Yeah. Um, And so that's even tougher, right? It could be hard. Yeah. The the more isolated you are, I think the harder it becomes, um, especially, you know, because our family doesn't live here either. So we have like one person we trust as a babysitter, especially since she's still so young. I mean, we haven't ventured into that realm of things. It's also kind of hard to afford. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Having someone watch your kid is expensive. Um, But but it should be because you want you want quality people, you know, making sure that nothing's going to happen to your child. So it shouldn't be something that's cheap, you know. Right. Exactly. Like you don't want to buy the Walmart brand babysitter. You know, you want the yeah. you, you want you want the premium version. You know, to make sure that nothing's going to happen to your child. Um, yeah, man, that transition of like you know, first time having somebody look after your like baby, that's hard. Yeah. When they get when they that. get older, it's a little bit easier. But you know, so I can yeah, tell you that. We, but just two weeks ago, or no, three. Yeah, about three weeks ago, we had our first like long um, night where we left her with a sitter. It was actually for the album release show. Um, the album came out on the 28th of January and we had the release show um, at one of our favorite venues in Jacksonville on the 29th. So that was like our first time leaving her for like six hours. Um, yeah. So that way I could come to the show. It, it went great though. It was good. Awesome. Yeah. It feels good to get that one under your belt, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And she, Chloe was stoked. She's like, yeah, now I can, you know, I can, you know, I get to come and be a part of it. And, yeah, there's a lot of people there. It's definitely like a big party of a show, and uh, yeah, it's something that she wanted to be a part of, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, this is a rad dad show. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? I feel like I do. I feel like I, I feel like I get like I feel like I get shit done, um, and also maintain nice. being the best parent that I can. Especially like what we've already talked about. It's like I I knew, um, yeah. You know, obviously, Sawyer having a baby. Her name's Sawyer was never like super part of our early life plan. Um, but you know, things happen. And I knew that once we were having the baby, that if I was still going to, you know, actually try my hardest to be, you know, a musician and have a band that's making money and, you know, 
doing successful things that I was going to have to put in like 125% uh, mm. to, to accomplish the extra stuff, which is where, you know, doing all these extra hours really late at night and um, really trying to manage everything as well as I can. It's like, you just have to, you have to just get shit done um, to keep doing it. Cause yeah, it's you- easy to fall off and just be like, Oh, whatever. Like it's so I've, I've been there a couple of times. I've been like, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't know if I really have the energy to keep doing this and keep trying to make it like a dream, but then I'll always wake up the next morning. And, you know, it's like, I can never, it's not an addiction, but it's like, I can never quite break. Like no matter what thing is like thrown my way, like I always can just like kind of bounce over it. I'm like the next day I'm like, all right, we're going to be a successful band. So every day, just like keep trying to push that um, to myself. Yeah. Well, one thing like that comes up a lot in on our show in conversations with other musicians or creative people or whatever is like the, you know, people always kind of identify like, I, I guess dealing, you know, following your passion or, or whatever it is, like taking care of yourself in that way kind of seems to be necessary um, to kind of, uh, I guess, accomplish being a good parent too, like yeah. whatever that means for you. Like, I'm not saying like everybody has to have a passion project and you know, whatever, but I, I can tell you, like for me, um, I struggled with that early on, um, as a dad with yeah. maybe not, not taking enough time to just do even like basic normal things that, um, maybe don't seem that important, but, but after a while, like I would go without, like, say, for example, playing my guitar, a whole bunch or, or like, you know, doing some recording or having some kind of like creative outlet. And I kind of noticed, and actually my wife would pick up on it too. She'd be like, dude, like, do you need to just take some time and (laughs) and go like do something for yourself? Because you kind of like, just to have that kind of recharge and, and keep that side of you active. I think it does help too. Yeah. And it keeps you, at least for me, it keeps me definitely like more like happy and attainable in my situation. Uh, sorry, I'm moving this around. I plug my phone. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's all good. I didn't want my phone to die in the middle. That'd be the ultimate failure. Yeah, no, it's all good. It wouldn't be the first time either. So we've had power yeah, outages well, and all kinds of I'm stuff. I'm trying to get on here earlier and like my computer now, like, like Gmail crashing. So I grabbed my girlfriend's computer and then hers, the mic didn't work. And I was like, okay, let me get zoom on my phone. It's like total failure on getting on here. No, this is all good. It's all good. Um, this is like dad life, right? Like just yeah. scrambling no, all the time. Like actually, this has been this whole like series of getting onto this and getting it to work has just been a perfect example. I feel like of uh, trying to keep everything together. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, which is usual. It's another thing I feel like you learn and with being a parent is that like nothing really goes as planned. So it's like, yep. and I, all my bandmates kind of know that, especially when we're planning stuff. It's like you know, I always like tell them, or I told them a while ago, like you know, expect me to either be late or like maybe really really late you know it's like i never quite know what is going to transpire and what i'll have to take care of you know which keeps it because you know the baby comes first so so are you are you the only one in the band with with the child yeah yeah Yeah. i'm 20 so i'm 25 uh sawyer was born when i was 24 my guitar player and my drummer and my bass player are all 23 so okay. I got a couple of years on them. They're all, they all have girl. One of them, um, my bass player, Matt, uh, he's getting married actually. So he's got a fiance. Oh, cool. Awesome. And, uh, Jacob and Alex both have girlfriends that are uh, very serious. So we're all, we're all pretty settled. I would say I'm just like the most, uh, settled with responsibility. I would say. 
Yeah. Going through that as a band can be tough, right? Like going through those, those life, uh, those big life changes. Cause that like, I feel like a band is kind of like your, your, your second family. Right. Yeah. And no, there's definitely a dynamic change. I think. Yeah. Um, I feel like pre child, I was a little bit more, um, I don't, I don't want to say I became uptight cause I didn't become uptight when, when I had the baby, but I think I became a little bit more focused on just, you know, getting the things done that we need to get done like efficiency yeah i've become much more efficient i feel like because our practices are shorter uh my time is shorter so my time i find is very valuable um now now more than ever am i the most selfish with my own time when it comes to like the, the small bits and pieces i get to myself it's like very like has to be spent well um which i feel like every parent maybe they don't want to think that 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 they're selfish with their time. But I feel like, especially with my personal time, I can definitely be like, all right, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's tough for sure. And and you just have to, yeah, you got to figure it out. And as, yeah, as time goes on, it does change. I, I want to like go back to something you said earlier, you kind of talked about, like you kind of felt like when the baby came, it was actually pretty easy at first. So yeah. I, I had the total same experience. Me, like me and my wife had the same experience. And um, I made the mistake of saying that to someone one time, like, oh, it was actually really easy, like in the beginning, or or it's it's pretty easy at the start. And yeah, I learned my lesson not to sort of say that. It's not that's not the case for everybody, but um I no, felt, so, yeah. Yeah, I've, I felt yeah. I felt like they, you know, that for us, it was kind of like, oh, the baby sleeps a lot. Like, oh, we can still go out for dinner. We can like just put the baby in the car seat, like kind of, you know, under the yeah. table or on the seat beside us and just this is normal. <laughs> yeah. That's what we were doing. Um, yeah. and some people don't have the same experience. Um, yeah. I know that cause we've had a couple friends that have had kids around the same time as us and they're always, they're like, we never sleep. She cries, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. It's like, we just didn't have the same experience. I feel like we were very blessed with a, a very chill and happy baby. Even now she's very easygoing and fun to do stuff with. Just not challenging. The biggest challenge right now is like, don't bite that or you know don't put that in your mouth yeah or yeah. don't stand up on that because she's figured out that she can pull herself up on okay things. not so, not walking yet but not uh, walking uh, supporting okay. she's doing the she supports herself on things yeah. so she's but she loves to stand up on stuff that she shouldn't like let me grab this coffee table in the middle of the hardwood floor and then yeah. i'm gonna slip <laughs> kind of stuff you know yeah oh my god yeah you spend like all <laughs> that age like well, and actually it doesn't stop for, for a while. Like I've got a three-year-old still and it's like, oh my God, like get down yeah. from there. Like, why are you doing yeah. that? Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of exciting though to see them. Oh no, I guess, so like figure fun. that out too, right? So you get, yeah. you're walking that balance between like, oh, get down from there. Stop that. Don't do that. And like kind of letting them figure out the world too. And it's also, yeah, you're like, oh good. You, you, you got that, which is cool. We were just saying this morning, we were like, we need to get her like a little helmet. Like it'd be great if they just had a little baby helmet for with this age because she just she, her head is just this like weight on her body that yeah. anyway it goes her whole body goes she has a very big head though so that might be why she's got a lot of extra weight up there so yeah. we need something to support her so when she does those quick <laughs> throwbacks she doesn't uh she doesn't crack her head on stuff yeah are you guys like putting the foam on like your tables and stuff like that have you done any of that yeah we have yeah. all these, we have all these like, and we have all these mats for the floor yeah. that we'll set up and like hook together. Yeah. That way she doesn't, you know, crack her head when she's playing on the floor. Um, but her recently though, it's like, she's starting to figure out that she can, you know, we can make this big area 
But the first thing she does when you put her in it is she goes right for the edge. She's like, I get me off of this thing. She's going to find the one spot that she can yeah. reach that doesn't have the padding. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. Are you, I mean, you're a musician. Is is music important around your house at this point? Yeah. Like, I guess to sh- for sharing oh, yeah, with your sure. daughter, I mean? Yeah. I play, um, I just play guitar for her a lot. And I, she's starting to kind of like, I feel like, enjoy it. You know, I'll just, yeah. especially when she's sitting and like, we have various like little pens that she can be in without, you know, escaping. So I'll stick her in there and, you know, she'll be playing, I'll play her some tunes and, She's starting to get it. For she really likes EDM music. Um, okay, a lot of oons, oons, oons. Yep. So anytime that comes on, especially with the visuals that they do on those videos, those crazy animations that are swirling, yep. and colorful. She loves those, and she'll actually just recently I started. She like puts her hand up, and she just kind of like waves it, like she's almost like doing a little dance, but yep. she's just kind of yeah, like she's kind of like flowing with the beat, and it's just hysterical. She loves anything with like a trance beat. kind of stuff um well i mean i'm playing vinyls all the time too at the house especially when it's just me and her because my girlfriend will work a few nights a week um at a restaurant so when i when i'm here by myself i kind of you know i got i got the records on playing her all types of different stuff and she loves uh she thinks it's hysterical when you headbang so yeah if if she's in her uh she's in her little walker and you just go up to her and there's a part of a song it's a little moshy she start just headbanging in yeah. front of her and get real low down to her she thinks it's the funniest thing she's ever seen that's awesome um, which is awesome she'll have good I, she'll have good exposure for music i feel like we got a lot of cool music taste in this house yeah yeah and i also to... live with my guitar player so my guitar player and his girlfriend also live here with okay. me and my girlfriend and the baby so we have a little community joint family thing going on that's cool yeah that's exciting so like i guess how do they like how do they feel about it? they're kind of like probably kind of like aunt and uncle kind of vibe happening yeah there, right? yeah no they're great with it they uh yeah. they love they'll, they love playing with her they'll they'll keep an eye on her if i gotta walk the dog <laughs> or something or do something quickly then they'll take her for me for a minute and yeah it's cool it's it is nice because i was you know it's like bringing a baby you know into a house with another couple it's a lot of extra stuff for them too uh, yep. a lot of noise a lot of crying um lots of just kind of like chaos at certain times when the house gets totally destroyed with all the baby stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they, they're so great about it. They don't ever complain. I think they, I think they see how hard we're, we have to work to keep everything together and they don't, then they help, which is great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's neat. That That's kind of a really neat dynamic that uh, you guys are kind of going through that together. Yeah. Well, Alex is um, the guitar player in the band is also my roommate. He's probably, one of my oldest friends, definitely one of my best friends. Um, and we were sitting on the couch um, a couple weekends ago. Actually, Chloe had taken the baby home to see her parents for a weekend. And so I had like two days to myself and we were just hanging out. And I was, we were talking and we we're like, yeah, like a year ago, never would have thought we would have been living together and you'd have a baby. And it's just like, it's just, it's still kind of this like crazy idea sometimes where you kind of really think about your life. You're like, yeah, I never really thought I'd graduate college with a baby either um it's it's cool it's cool did, did you have any fears about becoming a dad yeah for sure oh for sure um only i think my biggest concern wasn't um actually like physically caring for a child because i've always liked kids and i've always you know I've, I've never not had a dog so i've always been caring for something and you know yeah so I, I like having that attachment i think my biggest concern was um we got pregnant when I was in my first semester 
of my last year of college. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was, that was that. And so I'm trying to finish school. We really didn't have, we had jobs, you know, I was serving tables and so was Chloe and we didn't have any significant savings or anything though. You know, we weren't, Yeah. originally we had talked about kids and we, we had talked about that before because we'd been together for four years at that point. And I think we had originally were like, yeah, let's, you know, wait till we're in our thirties, we're set up, you know, we have money, you know, a stable income, you know, our own house, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And all of that's just gone. Yeah. So then I think my biggest fear was, you know, finances and yeah. kind of like this feeling that I just, you know, it, it was rushed, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause I found myself, you know, scrambling to try to have everything together. Um, scrambling like emotionally and mentally to, to be like as mature and, you know, be as better than I was at the time. And, you know, to have, obviously have income and, and at that time, you know, we're, I'm a college kid. She's a, and she's a waitress. Like we weren't living like a parenting lifestyle. I mean, we're going out, we were going out every weekend and, uh, you know, just partying. And, you know, I was just going to classes and working a few chump shifts and making music and playing shows with my band, you know, yeah. life was very, life was very easy. Um, there was still a lot of stuff going on, obviously with school, but it was such a transition. And that was where I think my fears came from. Yeah. Like, can, can I do this? Like, yeah, shit. Like, like the, <laughs> everything's like going to change. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just, it was such a big change. I mean, but now it doesn't really feel like it, honestly. Like, like it's different when you reflect back on it now. Yeah. Like now it's like, okay, this wasn't nearly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like it felt, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. It's like with kids, especially you obviously have no idea. So it's like, I was, I've always been exposed to kids, you know, you know, there's always been, um, you know, younger kids in my family. I have cousins that are like six, seven, eight years old. Um, and so I've always, you know, been around parents and obviously, but I never knew what it was like to actually do it, which I feel like nobody does until they do it kind yeah. of thing. Um, so that was, I was like, geez, like, what is this going to be like? You know, I had like the images of like the worst in my mind, you know, at yeah. first, so, like, imagine like every bad movie scene with like a, with like a parent who's like got like the worst, like chaotic life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're just not sure what it's going to be like. Did you have anybody like you, you talked to maybe any other like uh, friends that were already dads or, you know, you kind of mentioned you were kind of one of the first in your kind of crew of, of friends. Yeah. But... Um, no one, no one that I am close friends with has had any kids yet. So none of my college friends, none of my high school friends, I am the first. They're going to be and coming like, to you. Oh, what is that? They're going to be coming to you for advice. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> so they'll, when they have a situation planned or unplanned, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming to me. It's funny because a lot of my high school friends who I still keep in touch with that, like a pretty good group of guys from high school. We've been friends forever because where we grew up, um, it, the area we lived in was just one school. So we went to school from, preschool until you know senior year together yeah um and none of them even knew because i forgot to tell some people like i when it, like the first few months it was so we were scrambling and trying to figure out so much stuff like i had told my parents and my grandparents and that was pretty much it yeah and then people started finding it um through like my family members posts i guess on facebook and stuff um yeah. and i had people calling me like you're having a kid. I actually had someone from high school the other day message me on Instagram and say, dude, I didn't know you got a kid. Like you got a baby mama and a kid. That's crazy, man. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Right. Like, 
So um, were there I, any? I, I didn't know anybody. Like back to your point, was I? Especially like when it happened. Like obviously, I could talk to my dad or you know mature like people older than me that had already kind of gone through it. Um, but otherwise, that was that was it. Were there any um, like specific? I guess things that you did or strategies you guys had to kind of get prepared or like figure out what to expect or like, like some people read books, some people go to classes, some people, you know, are, are more lax about it. They're just like, Oh, we'll figure it out. What, like how yeah, do you guys uh, kind of think, approach that? I think so. I was more lax about it, which is how I tend to be about anything that's like big in life. I feel like I've always been real lax about work, real lax about school, like not in a bad way where I'm like, performing poorly but I just like mentally I approach it as if it's not the biggest deal or I try to make it that way because it just yeah. seems to keep me less afraid of the subject whatever it might be um and that's how I got through playing some of the bigger shows that we started playing when we've opened up for some of the touring bands that have come through here I would be really nervous on a couple of them uh we opened up for this one band south of Eden and they're sharing the same record label as uh, Greta Van Fleet they're one of the bigger yeah right like rock classic rock kind of bands right now and wow cool got, it was great it was so cool to to be asked to to open up and support a band like that coming through our area but i was you know i was freaked out for like a couple of weeks beforehand because i was i didn't know what type of crowd they were going to draw or you know yada yada all different types of things um and i just started being like it's just a local show like the week before i was like this is just another local show at archetype you know we yeah. played there 10 times nothing different um, which is, I tend to approach a lot of stuff like that these days. It just seems to help keep it calmer. Yeah. And you kind of like the more, I'm kind of the same way. It's kind of funny. Like I, I sometimes will tell people like, I don't really get nervous. Like it, it's a bit of a problem sometimes. Like I'll almost like you, like I'll kind of be a little bit too lax about things, but sometimes it, it, it does become a problem because yeah. it, it'll creep up on you yeah. almost in like a procrastination kind of way for me wow. sometimes. That being said, most of the time I find it does like reinforce itself. Like you're like, okay, actually that wasn't that bad. And so, yeah, yeah if you can kind of get over those initial, I guess that initial hump of like, yeah, being freaked out, um, it can sort of pay off. So, and I, I find actually, you know, to bring it back to like the parenting discussion, like I, I think that's what a lot of people say. They, they're like, you just need to learn to roll with it. And that's yeah. kind of true, right? It's, it's easy to say in retrospect, I guess, but. Yeah, I, I think we've learned that. I think to the original question about you know what did we do to prepare for like i I'm, i was obviously very lax um chloe did all the books and she did a, a lot of research and you know a lot of diet research and she was really really on top of that which i don't know if that's typical um i mean i feel like i see it with like older parents i know that the moms are usually more on top of that and not that it has to be that way um i feel like i probably could have taken a little more responsibility with like the preparation stuff looking back i you know, I just was not that I, I mean, not that it's something to feel bad about, but I was just so like, you know, in all of trying to like be ready for it that yeah. I was just kind of like waiting for the day. Um, and then once she was here, then I was going to figure out everything. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. It was kind of like that. The one thing that did, and this is, I don't, this is funny, but I was right around the time we found out we were having a baby um i was watching that mandalorian tv show mm -hmm. uh, with baby yoda and so i found myself like 
somehow like weirdly nostalgically like connected to that character with the baby because i was i don't know because i was having a baby and he was like that's so funny this guy can you know drag this baby all throughout the all throughout the galaxy and you know do all these things with a baby in the bag on his hip like i can do anything Um, it's like a good metaphor i think yeah yeah it's kind of cheesy or like kind of silly but also it's like i think that's the beauty of like television and um like watching stuff in general is like you can kind of like it it can definitely like reinforce things in your own life even if it is about a a dude in space with a little green monkey baby yeah um but that was one thing that i found comforting throughout that year was was stuff like that or anything that i like anytime i was watching anything that like had like parental kind of vibe to it or reading anything it kind of like reinforced this idea for me that i'm like i can do this um yeah like yeah it's scary like on the like individual level but once you kind of like can realize like people do this lots of people do this lots of people are able to do it i'm going to be able to do this (laughs) it is kind of comforting right? oh yeah and it sounds messed up to say but like i like i know people who like i i would have thought to be like not the best parents that are killing it especially like some of my family members like I would have never imagined them as like great parents and I see them like killing. I'm like, okay, like I can, I can't do this. Like things like that. Just like, it could be anything, I guess that reinforce it, but. Well, we kind of like, we maybe kind of skip past this a little bit, but maybe this will take us back. Um, like you said, you're, you feel like you're a rad dad, which is great. I think you're a rad dad too. Um, what, like, what are those characteristics maybe of a rad dad or a rad parent? Um, you kind of talked about like, it may not be what you, what you initially think like you yeah know, some like what makes a yeah. parent rad yeah um i think it's just it definitely is for most people like outside looking in it's probably not what you would think and i think it's just like the a mix of becoming you know not losing i think when i especially think of like people that i think are like the coolest kind of parents or like you're the raddest dads it's like people that um are able to get everything done that they want to do in their own life um and also being the and also being a great parent it's like when you see like um a guy like jason momoa like raising great kids like that guy's rad and he's got like awesome kids and he's like yeah. you know this this awesome hawaiian actor dude he's or, so cool yeah he's so cool and he does <laughs> so much cool stuff but he's also you know a really good father like stuff like that i think is really what creates it it's like you know may, maybe there are people that aren't rad dad that's it's kind of like just being a great human and, and raising a great kid but also you know doing great things in your own life as well um i think like especially when you see people that are like pro skateboarders or you know really big musicians that are great parents it's like you know these guys are getting shit done that they wanted to do with their time on earth um yeah. because we all have such limited time and it's so easy when you become a parent to, to i feel like sacrifice all of your time and do nothing for yourself yeah. And I see that a lot. And the people that I see that are doing that, they always seem really unhappy. And I yeah. think it's, they're doing something honorable, probably in their own minds. Like they're probably like, you know, I have this kid and I have to do everything I can 24 hours a day to do this. And then they, but they sacrifice the things that maybe, you know, the 25 year old version of them wanted to really do that was so important to them. And uh, I feel like, that's not a great way to be a parent because I think we had touched on it. He's like getting that stuff for yourself, whether it be, you know, 30 minutes of playing an Xbox or going to the gym for an hour or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, 
just do, being able to get time for yourself. But, you know, I feel like that would drag on, but you just being, especially for when we're doing something like this, like being a musician or doing something like that and getting that all done. I think that's very rad and also being a good parent. Yeah. You know, I, that really resonates with me, what you just said. Like, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think, you know, it doesn't have to be like, like I said before, I guess, like a huge passion project. You don't have to, you know, make some huge mark on the world necessarily if that's not your thing. But I do think like, you know, people, like, I think most people would kind of agree, like in terms of parenting, like modeling, uh, modeling things to your kids. Like, um, so I was talking with um, Scott Owen from the living end um, okay. And he said something like, it's not, it's not what you say or tell your kids. It's what you show them. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, kind of what you model for them. And so I think that kind of plays into it too. Like, it's not just like teaching them life lessons, but when they like, you know, you've got a nine month old, they're not really probably internalizing, you know, she's not internalizing that, but um yeah, she's not get, formulating those, those deeper thoughts yet. Yeah. But. As they get older, they see you doing things that make you happy. and like that, I guess, teach, this is my, the way I feel about it. That teaches them that that's important and that yeah, you should do things you, can you can care work. about and love. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can teach work ethic too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah right. for me, like, one thing that was really cool. Um, and this is a small thing, also a little cheesy, but we, when we recorded the album, we had just gotten um, all the instrumental tracks back. This was like last March. So just like two months, two or three months right before Sawyer was born. Um, and we had gotten all the master, no vocals. We just had the um, instrumental tracks. And I was riding around in my car with my older roommate, Andrew. He had lived here with us and we're listening back to the files. And he, we, one of the songs came on. He got super excited about the intro to the song. He really liked it. It's, uh, it's a song on the album called Scraping Truth. It's got this real heavy like radio rock intro on it and he yeah. was like Dude, track two yeah yeah the second track on the album that kind of comes in real hot and he, we were listening to the start of that and he's getting all excited he's like dude you, your your kids gonna think you're so cool dude like your kids gonna have like a rock star dad or something like that and i was like like that was really cool because like whether or not we actually do anything with it or not like i hope you know always be performing somewhere where you know she can like see that and you know enjoy it as well um, it ha- hopefully have to be a cool thing for her and not like a, Oh, my dad's a lame guitar player kind of thing, you know, yeah. as once they get in the teenage years, you know, she might not think it's so cool, but, um, depends Man, on the times. They like, as they get older too, like, you know, my, <laughs> my youngest daughter, Nora, she always wants to, so I, I work from home most of the time. Like I'm kind of based out of home. Actually, I'm not at home working a lot, but when I am home, she's like, even just working, like sitting in front of a computer typing, she thinks that's cool. So yeah. she's like, I want yeah. to sit up there and pretend to work or whatever. And yeah, know, so they, like they, they love seeing that. They mimic and they yeah. think it's like they want to do even now, even at like nine months, Sawyer only wants adult things. She wants nothing to do with her own toys most of the yeah. time. She wants whatever we have in our hands or or she wants, you know, dog bowls or just something random. Like they want the things that, you know, are being done around them. It seems yeah. like they follow that. I think like sometimes we don't give them enough credit or something that like you know they don't just want to like play toys all the time they want to learn about the world around yeah. them right no they want to hold that cell phone and they want to they want to look at all the all the pretty lights and scroll on the phone yes yeah, uh, so even phone, at nine we... months she loves cell phones she thinks cell phones are the coolest thing she's ever seen um but we try not to let her you know have them because of the, the blue light stuff on their on their little eyes and 
also just like probably not that good for them to stick a cell phone in their mouth and chew on it. She'll do that. So, yeah, my, my parents gave us like this big bag of um, old cell phones, like the old, like, you know, early two thousands flip phones and stuff like that. And that's been like the best toy ever for our kids, like, because they want to play, you know, whatever. So yeah, they're like really little. Yeah. Yeah. Stick it in their mouth. Yeah. That that's a problem, but they, yeah, they love it. Do they still play with them now? They do. They were just playing with them this morning. Yeah. So it's like, I, like, I feel like it never really, I feel like, especially thinking about my childhood is you always want to grow up when you're a kid. Yeah. Like you always want to be an adult. And then at some point when you're an adult, you probably think, damn, it would be nice to be, you know, 14 again and not have any responsibility. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like funny how that happens. I feel like you always want to grow up so fast. And then you, like, for me, I think when I, I think when I turned 21, the years after that, the time seemed to has seemed to have flown so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, like for some reason, like my youth from you know whatever elementary school up until like the first years of community college felt so long. Like those years felt like they took forever to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I turned twenty one, and then three years later, I have a baby, and it's like you know time has flown so quickly. It's like where have these years gone? Um, yeah. And I feel like everyone probably feels like that. But especially as you start to get busier and you know, like having a kid, having a full time job um, and then devoting any time left to you know trying to have a, a successful band career. It's like you really feel like you've lost a lot of like times feels like moments are just gone. And it's funny, like people like you've heard that a million times, like, you know, yeah, oh, no, say that it, but... all the time, like, you, you know, yeah. the, the years go by so fast, like, you know, soak it in, like, you know, enjoy your time really... and until just a couple of years ago, and yeah. especially once we had the baby time, it seemed to have flown, you know, the weeks just kind of like fly by because the routine and stuff, it is rewarding and it does keep you, you know, um, you know, on a good routine, but you know, a whole week of time just seems to all, it's like the, you do the same thing every day almost. And it's just like time just seems to just like call everything flows. Together. Me and Chloe say all the time, everything just kind of like, you know, flops together. It's like a, a blur. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned your dad, like what, what sounds like, like your dad's still around and you know, that yeah. kind of stuff, but growing up, like what, what was your relationship like with your dad? And, and maybe where I'm going with it is like, do you think about that now that you're a dad? Yeah, I do actually. Cause I think about, um, I feel like I, and not in a terrible way or anything, not bashing him, but I, I feel like I think about, um, you know, the things that, we did that were great. And some of the things that he did that maybe didn't have the best effect on me. Um, and yeah, I, as like, you know, especially now, especially when I'm conscious of it, I'd like to not repeat, you know, the same mistakes, um, that he had had. And also I would like to replicate the great things he did too. So I feel like, you know, you can learn from anything like that. And, you know, parents, all no one's a perfect parent. I mean, maybe someone is, but you know, things always, you know, it's hard to be perfect all the time. Um, so there's no fault on him, but we did have a great relationship when I, when I was growing up, um, from like the time, especially like my early childhood and stuff is like, we did so much fun stuff together. He's always building stuff or, you know, we we're always doing, you know, some type of sport or video games. And that was, you know, obviously up and through like middle school. And then I, mean, I think middle school is a weird time for every kid. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, I had the best freaking time in middle school. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever heard someone say that. You're just Nor an awkward person. 
Yeah, and I don't really even remember. Like, those years actually feel the most, like, blurred to me. Is like, those three years of middle school are, like, what happened in those years? Like, where did those years go? Like, they're just yeah. very, it's an odd time. Um, and then in high school, you know, that's when I feel like when life got real busy. And, you know, I was, I was, I had a late birthday in October. And I also um, repeated a grade in first grade because I just did so terrible when I was in first grade that they had me repeat the grade. Yeah. Which, um, which I think now is kind of funny. I used to get like annoyed about it. It's like, you guys held me back in first grade. Like, but now it's like, oh, geez, like, what could I have possibly done? <laughs> um, right. But that put me a year ahead of everyone in my own grade. So by the time I was like a sophomore in high school, I was driving, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So the second year of high school, I had a car, which was cool, I guess, but also kind of wild. Um, the first to turn and 18 and yeah, first to turn 21. Yeah, I was 18. Um, when did I turn 18? I guess right in October of senior year, which most people aren't turning 18 until close to the end or the next year, um, right. at least in the great eyes. But I think around that time period in life is when, you know, I'm becoming more adult. And obviously I was arrogant. I was very arrogant. Um, 16, 17, 18 year old boy. <laughs> and I think that's when we started butting heads, which I think is typical yeah. for uh, high school uh boys and their fathers to get in, into yeah. scuffles about things but for the most part though we had a great relationship now especially that once we've had a baby and i'm you know out of college and i'm you know working my own job i think now we have probably the best relationship because now we can just kind of like almost be friends yeah um you know there's not a lot of obviously there's still my parents and they still offer advice and stuff but there's not a whole lot of parenting anymore we can just kind of have like a normal existence when we're hanging out or talking or whatever it is yeah as like time goes on you kind of become more and more like a peer with your parent right yeah. like okay yeah. you know i'm done i'm done school now okay so kind of just like you um you know i'm working kind of full-time job now kind of just like like you or like you were i'm a parent now so like you kind of like relate on those levels too right yeah which is you yeah, know that's 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 a cool thing um just yeah because you have so much more i feel like in comics there's the ones you have a kid yeah um but they always like have this it's funny too they're here right now they're out, i think they're outside with the baby they're taking a walk but <laughs> i don't know if you experienced this with your parents but especially when you were a new parent but they seem you know they because they've had kids before they like they don't like um to always listen to like our rules about what yeah, we think yeah. are. they think they have their own idea about how things should be and that they're like always right about it um so that's the only thing that we all we have any issue with with them sometimes especially we try to keep her diet a little bit different we don't like to give her a lot of processed stuff we like yep. to like emulsify all of her food yeah um and but our parents didn't do that um and i'm sure yours probably didn't either and everyone bought baby food from like gerber probably yeah yeah yep, for sure we, we're just not sold that that's that good for them so we uh we like to try to keep her you know on pretty much fresh natural organic stuff and our parents they don't agree um, that's a delicate balance right because um yeah i agree we, we i you know in my own situation was pretty lucky in that way um with my parents being pretty cool about whatever our rules were um, yeah but i know lots of people who you know really struggled with that and you know even yeah. things like um you'll you'll um you know you'll come across this too with like discipline and all that kind of stuff when you're not sort of like seeing eye to eye on how things should be handled. And so that, yeah. <laughs> it's tough to like navigate that for sure. Yeah. And I think like with some parents or at least with mine, it's like they, my parents have always, you know, 
not they're not know-it-alls but they've always like re- they've always you know they still maintain that they like know best um with stuff especially with me and uh so that kind of falls down onto the baby too yeah so like you know they think that everything that they think is fine which is okay because it's like it's just like with politics or anything like it's just all subjective opinions like some yeah. people might think it's fine some people might be against it and just kind of have to let it flow and avoid the controversy of it yeah and and you know what like maybe they are right about certain things you might not think they are and they are and you don't figure it out till later too like and so yeah. there, there's oh, like there's plenty of stuff like that where they've given me advice especially when i was younger and i was like oh that's that's bs no yeah. that's wrong and then like a few years later like hindsight 2020 i was like oh they were right yeah yeah exactly i mean it's just we're all learning as we go here yeah um so we've talked a little bit about your your new album but let's talk a little bit more about it like what you guys have yeah. going on now so january 28th so this is recent two weeks ago you guys released your new album yeah. um so tell me a little bit about it maybe a little bit about like um you know i guess the process of that album coming together we we touched on it a little bit already but and then what, what do you guys have going on now now that you're in the post album release you know world yeah here? That, that's where the battle begins for sure yeah um, release um but yeah the album yeah like you said it came out on the 28th um i think it's for you know anyone that might be listening that you know doesn't i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people that happen ahead of us because we are definitely a a newer band that's just kind of breaking into getting you know press in different areas like you know we were getting you in canada and we've had some other stuff uh it's definitely like a it's a mix of everything that we all like about music um and I think that when you listen to the whole thing that you can kind of go on like a, a bit of a little trip journey with it. Cause you go through a lot of different areas of music, I feel like, and it's all rock. I feel yeah. um, for the most part, there's a few things that kind of touch into some funk stuff and some slower things, a little bit of jammy stuff. Um, but it's kind of like a lot of different subgenres of rock kind of smashed into one thing. So we all have such different tastes. Yeah. Um, the, the opening track of the album is a song called let you get away that just comes right in with like a really heavy, um, just great, like moshing riff. Um, just hits got, you like right in the face, right off the bat. Yeah. It comes right in and it's real heavy. It's got that, it's got that slam drum beat behind it. Um, that's so we open our set with that usually too, because it's just that first, uh, that, that opening drum beat is just this like big roaring bang. And then people just love to just like kick off and just starts, you know, headbanging right, right as that beat drops on that one. Um, which is great because that's what we love i think really is we like we write the songs a lot um especially on the album when people are listening to it it's going to reflect a lot of of really which is what we like to do live that's fun yeah um i think that that's the most important thing is like we always want our live shows to be really fun and they are um and so we like to we wanted to translate that with this album um so as it goes through you know, you can kind of, if you listen, we almost play our live set with the same set list as the album is uh, ordered. Um, Cause I feel well, that like- that kind of makes sense, right? Like that's the, yeah. the journey you want to take people on, whether it's live yeah. or um, yeah, or on the record. It's, it's not a concept album by any means. Yeah. Um, we did have, we did have one review come out where this guy kind of hearkened it to a, he, it was a cool review. It was, it was from Brazil and this guy went through and, um, basically gave what he thought the story was of each song like yeah. didn't even really review the actual music Interesting. he just focused on the lyrics and like the stories behind the songs and he tr- he kind of like almost like a conspiracy theory like wrapped the whole thing together in a way that i never had ever put any thought into in that way 
but it was really cool to see his interpretation. I was like, I guess when you uh, you phrase it like that, then it is this continuous story. Um, he yeah. kind of like played, wrote the whole album out as like this like winding love story, um, which was really cool. That's cool, uh, yeah, yeah. But really, it's really just everything we love. Um, I don't know what type of music I I see in the background of your thing. It looks like you got some cool punk uh, posters. Yeah, some, yeah, I got stuff. lots of Descendant stuff back here. But I, it's funny, like you. Um, you know, listening to the record. So I love it actually. Um, awesome. yeah, it's great. It sounds great too. Like the recording and, and production, everything sounds really great too. Um, awesome. and I, I kind of wrote, like, as I have been listening over the last little while, I wrote a couple little notes, like just, um, you know, my thoughts on it and kind of some sounds and, you know, what did I yeah. think it sounded like? I don't really like to like, um, you know, I know like you could go read online and you might get compared to different bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But it's actually really funny um, the way you described it too. Um, Cause I wrote down, you know, that like number one, you know, it's rocking because <laughs> basically it's yeah. a rock and roll album, but I wrote yeah. down, there's, you know, some jam elements. I wrote down, there's some funky kind of stuff in there, like some funky bass kind of stuff. Yeah. Our, our um, bass player loves slap bass. Yeah. Um, and 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 I got a real like on some of the songs like a real kind of Arctic Monkeys kind of vibe. Yeah, um, that's one of my big influences is uh, Arctic Monkey stuff. Uh, yeah. Love, yeah, but with a bit more like kind of there's a bit more kind of like classic rock jam kind of yeah. feel to it. And yeah, it's awesome. It just I, I sent a, a text to some of my friends actually this morning like, guys, you got to check this out. Like this is really good. So awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. So um, yeah, and, and that was kind of like the way you described it. Um, I, I think for people out there that might be curious, it's like that is like the mix dynamic that we have. Um, like our guitar player and also my roommate Alex, he loves he loves metal a lot, but like his real like favorite and like what he grew up on was like a lot of like Guns and Roses stuff. Yeah, and I feel like you can hear that in the guitar solos for sure. Um, especially like, the guitar solo at the end of like uh, Taxi to Your Toxic Lover is like a very Slash inspired solo. I feel like yeah. Um, and yeah, Zach, our bass player, he's all into like Tool um, and Prague and Primus and a lot of jam band stuff. And so he brings that slap bass and some of those really kind of like different uh, segments that we have uh, transitioning through the songs, um, which but is one thing we try to do. Yeah, but it's not like it's like disjointed, like you're trying to fit some of that stuff into like, you know, a typical kind of rock and roll yeah, melodic that song. That was the hardest it, challenge we had yeah. was making it make sense, I think, at times. Yeah, and it does. Uh, it doesn't feel like, oh, well, that's weird. Like they went into some weird funk thing here or something. It's like yeah. none of that. Just trying to make it flow was yeah. like the biggest challenge. I, I think the two hardest songs on that was Taxi to Your Toxic Lover and Parallel West. Both of those songs have some really like out of right and left field kind of switch ups in them and kind of making them, you know, flow together um, was fun and really interesting, but challenging. Uh, the guy uh, that we work with who recorded it was like a lot of these songs he had, and I actually quoted him on this and I used it for some of our um, press release stuff was he had said that they kind of tricked the listener because um, there's just oh, like yeah. things like popping in and out that are just like so like random, but they flow and they work, which is one of my favorite aspects of the way the album plays when you listen through. Um, it's like, I feel like you never quite expect what might pop up next. Yeah, I totally agree. So, um, yeah, so great album for people listening or watching, like go out and check it out. Um, so we'll put some links in our social media as well. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. And uh, so and what plans, and, and, like post uh, post release plans. That yeah. 
So that's like where I said, that's where the battle begins for sure. Um, is like, you know, our biggest focus right now um, is the tours that we have set up, um, a few festival appearances and um, doing, uh, getting all the advertising um, continually running successfully. And for people out there that, you know, I don't know, people have various ideas. You know, if you're on a major label, which we're not, you don't have to worry about advertising because they're going to do like a million dollar, you know, ad campaign for your, for your new music. If you're, you know, if you're Drake or if you're Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. For us though, we have to do all that ourselves, uh, which is fun because I went to school for marketing and advertising. So I have a background in that, <clears throat> but that that's the hardest part is utilizing Facebook and Instagram and Google. Um, it's a huge part of our post-release campaign is we have multiple ads running that change over the next two to three months, um, retargeting people that have viewed, um, you know, the key is to get someone to look at something six times before yeah. they actually click on it. Um, so we have the, yeah, that's like, that's like the marketing golden standard number for, you know, phone and internet advertising is average. People will finally click on something after they've seen it six times. Interesting. That's, that's really cool that you have that background too. Um, it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, there, there is this business aspect to it and the music industry's changed so much. It's very different than it was even five or 10, certainly like 20 years ago. Right. So yeah, getting things in front of people is tough. Yeah. That's like the, I mean, really anymore of this, if you're not on a label, um, I feel like there's three ways to get you know, exposure and that's touring, um, you know, playing shows anywhere and everywhere you can for new people. And publicity is, you know, a huge thing now because there's so much music. You have to find some way to get some exposure out cut in the world um, yeah. to cut through like that noise. And then the advertising, because, you know, Google and Facebook and Instagram advertising works great if you can utilize it the right way. And you just kind of have to know what you're doing with it. And it's a slow crawl. So, um, a lot of our streams come from, you know, our advertising. Obviously we have like our built-in fan base of people that follow us and, and will stream and enjoy it, but that's not, you know, a ton of people. It's probably under, under like probably less than 20,000 people, you know, 10,000 people through yeah. Spotify that like listen monthly. Um, it's kind of, and it changes. And then the whole game is to get new people to listen. Um, yeah. But you have to do that kind of on your own. But that's like the biggest, the biggest thing, like the next four or five months of this long advertising campaign. Um, and we have a spot at a music uh, showcase and conference in Lancaster, Pennsylvania called Launch Music Festival. Oh, cool. Which is like a big industry. Uh, there'll be a lot of people there, a lot of like uh, agents and record label representatives and stuff. And they do like a hundred bands will play over a weekend and do a big showcase and they do panels and they do conferences about succeeding in the industry. And it's a big learning experience and it's a great time for exposure. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then we have a spot with our, our publicist is doing a showcase at South by Southwest, which is awesome. Yeah. So she's got us Amazing. coming to South by Southwest to play their showcase, which is probably the coolest thing we've done yet. Um, we'll be able to get to play there for, you know, all the different people that go out to uh, Austin for that. And that's like our first, that would be our first like larger festival appearance. We haven't really been a part of any, anything like notable before like that. So that's exciting. Yeah. That's um, amazing. I think for like people listening who might, might not have thought about like what goes into all this stuff, like to kind of get out there and build your, your band and your brand and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there, it, there's a lot that, that does go into it. I was just listening to a podcast the other day about, um, 
yeah, like they were talking about Facebook marketing and Facebook ads and how you can like, those can work really well for you. Or if you don't kind of know what you're doing, like it's just like yeah. anything else, like playing an instrument, like if you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to turn out well for you. So yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really, really interesting. So what about, what about touring? You mentioned touring. Um, that's yeah. a little bit more challenging probably now. It is more challenging now. Uh, we did one. Um, the last one we did was like two weeks straight and we went from, we went around Florida then we went up to Philadelphia and it was good, but it was the weekday shows that honestly were, um not quite worthwhile because like when you're playing a tuesday night in like charleston south yeah. carolina no one knows you it's kind of you know you get a few people out but it's it's tough to really get any exposure um but doing it that way so we we have a couple things one we're going to be there's a band in miami florida called rocks revolt and the velvets um they're awesome band one of the bigger bands i think that's kind of up and coming um they're also getting ready to release an album like we did um, so we're going to do, uh, we're jumping on like four of their, um, tour dates with them in April, which is cool. Um, just nice. a couple weekend shows with them. And then in, uh, so that's just, that's just good support and we'll, you know, gain from their fan base. And then we have our own tour planned for, um, it's four weekends from the end of May through the third weekend of June, um, where we will go all through Florida again, and we'll go, um, to Nashville Baltimore, DC, Philly, um, and then come back down. Nice. Nice. So yeah, yeah you've got plans for the next little while. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. A big, the next big like year four or five years. months are busy, uh, but this is like the most important time to like keep momentum going, yeah. um, and keep like press flowing so they can keep waiting to keep doing things that way. Our, uh, Steph and the, whoa, that's press publicity team can keep spinning, um, different press reports like, Oh, supporting tour lineup here, you know, uh, own tour plan stuff like that um which is so cool. yeah where can where can people find your new record apparitions like streaming yeah. where what else <laughs> other formats they can pick it up in yeah so obviously all the streaming services spotify youtube um soundcloud apple the only other format we have right now and this was kind of a, a tough decision was we were going to get vinyls pressed but we were worried about our current audience being super reactive to buying vinyls we've never done that before um, and obviously there is a market for people that buy vinyls, but yeah. for us to get them pressed, you know, we would have had to have to get like a hundred of them made, um, was like a couple thousand. And so yeah. we'd have, cause it's really expensive right now to press vinyls and we would have had to have sold them for like 50 or 60 bucks to make yeah. our money back just to break even. Um, so we, we forego that route and we ended up finding a guy that makes, um, homemade cassettes. Yeah. So he does, uh, all all the packaging he winds them and prints the music on the cassettes cool. itself which is really cool so we got a limited run of those done in two different colors uh we have them for uh 15 bucks on our website um we sell everything through our website and a lot of people do Bandcamp, but we just do it through our website because it allows us to uh retain all of the we don't have any fees yeah so Bandcamp always takes a portion um but we don't have any fees on our website because we own the domain so we can right stuff right through there and keep you know no extra fees getting taken out yeah which um, is good like i think you know for people who want to support a band to find ways to do that where as much of their um as much of their money that they want to yeah. support the band actually ends up in the band's pockets so yeah it's great it goes right goes right from the website so our uh, band paypal and we have it all stored up which is awesome um, we have t-shirts we we just did another interesting thing is um we did, we're doing in the process of releasing a line of uh, collaborated uh, merchandise with this company from New York called Cancelled, 
Okay. So um, they're they're another they're up and coming clothing brand. They're really really awesome designs. So very punk, um, very like street style rock looking clothing. Super unique graphics though. I never seen anything like it when I found it. So I actually got in touch with the owner, who happened just to be one guy living in Brooklyn, coolest dude. Um, and he designed all. He designed us three T-shirts and a bunch of patches um, for like a awesome. full collaborative uh, line with his company, um, which is great. Um, so we have the first design out right now. We've actually gotten rid of a good amount of them, which is good. And over the next few months, we'll unveil a few more um, pieces that we've done with them. Cool. Well, that's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, like wishing you all the best with the album and touring coming right. up this year. Yeah. Um, it's been great to meet you. I appreciate you coming by the Rad Dad show. Do you, we uh, always kind of, yeah, thanks, man. Me too. Um, I, I, we always kind of like to ask, kind of towards the end, if you have any advice out there um, for maybe maybe new dads or maybe in your case, uh, dads to be. Um, you kind of recently went through that, so. Um. Yeah. I feel like the thing that I learned and that I wasn't always was, you know, keeping my head level through the whole process, especially if it is, um, you know, coming at a pivotal time in life and you have a lot going on or you do have something like a band or something that you're really trying to maintain and really still trying to grow. Um, Because I think at times I didn't have the most level head about things. And I feel like, you know, just realizing that you can still, and one thing that my girlfriend had to help me realize a lot was that we could still get everything done that we need to get done and still be good parents and still be like financially stable. Um, and I think just like going into that process, just like, even if it doesn't seem like it, or if it's not working at first, just like knowing that at some point you will be able to get all those things done. Um, you just have to kind of be patient. Yeah. You can do it. It might not be like today that you get that thing done, yeah. but maybe it's like I, Yeah. And not to force things and try to, you know, don't try to swim upstream. Cause I did that a lot too. Um, was, you know, trying to force things, getting myself way too stressed and in over my head with certain things and, you know, just kind of like flow with whatever the situation is and it definitely will work out a lot better. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. It was great yeah, to meet sure. you. And yeah stoked for uh for your band and the new yeah. record and people like thank you so really- much I'm, I'm glad you like actually like took the time to listen through it and made some notes so that means a lot we've had interviews where it seemed like they really didn't um actually like know anything about it um so it was cool that you had taken the time to actually kind of get to know it which is which is important to a small band like us you know we, yeah. we want people, you know taking that time so anyone out there you know you know, i feel like one thing i like to say and i've told people when i post on, on instagram is that whether you like hard rock or you like indie rock or alt rock or you know various kinds of pop music there's probably a song in the album that i think you can relate to and enjoy so like it touches so much stuff so you know people out there tempted to listen to it you know just dive into it um you know scroll through some of the songs you might not like we're not going to be upset if you skip but you know there's going to be something in there that i think you'll like yeah yeah i totally agree it's it's great and um yeah i'm big fan and yeah looking forward to seeing big things from you guys this year so yeah thanks for coming on the show really great meeting you You too man all right that was cam james on the rad dad show thank you so much cam for joining us and thank you for listening if you like this episode it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on itunes or spotify and if you're looking for more rad dads content find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media on instagram you can find us at, at rad underscore dads underscore show and on facebook and twitter at, at rad dad show and hey you can also head over to youtube to watch all these interviews as well 
wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.